All right, and this is Jennifer Uncle from Scanline Media, and I'm here with Colin Detmar. Hey, everybody. So we uh, we had been planning to do our gimmick awards in two parts, but we've had some scheduling errors, um, and it's taking trouble to record time two, so or part two. So we thought we'd uh, we just do an extra little bonus part in the middle here. So part two will now be part three. This is part two. And we have uh, four more categories for you. Um, so today we'll be discussing Best Hitman Level, Crime of the Year, Most Hungry Game, and Most Thirsty Game. So, uh, oh man, should we do it in the order we've we set them up here? They were just as we thought of them, but that might work. Yeah, can't really think of... I feel like the last two are perfectly situated, and then the other two are whatever. Yeah, that's that's pretty much true. Okay, well let's let's dive right into uh, best hitman level. Could you uh, could you read these off for us? Okay. So the best hitman levels are Colorado, Sapienza, Paris, Marrakesh, Bangkok, and Hokkaido. Is that how you pronounce it? Mm-hmm. It is. Okay. Cool. Okay. So uh, are there any that we can like? knock off right off the bat. I would say maybe Marrakesh. Marrakesh, well, which one's, oh yeah, Marrakesh and Colorado are the two weakest points for me. I, 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 I heard that a lot about Colorado, and I think in a vacuum, I think it's true. But Colorado is really, has a really interesting dynamic that none of the other levels reflect, where, like, there's no safe space in Colorado. Everyone is mad at you the whole time. Um, and, like, you can get outfits that make things okay, but, like, every other one of these levels, you can just sort of walk around as just 47 and scope the place out, and if you do that in Hitman, you will fucking die. You um, mean in Colorado? Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you do that in Colorado, they just drop you. Um, and I feel like that, like, I mean, I don't, I don't think it probably wins this category, um, but, like, you know, my argument for it is just, like, I feel like it's it's a really welcome change of pace, and it's actually um, ends up being one of my favorite not like not my absolute favorite, but one of my one of my favorite levels in the game just because of the change of pace. Huh. Okay. Uh, have you played all of the levels, or only a couple, or what? I, I I'm sure you've seen all of them in action, so I'm not trying to disqualify you. I'm just curious. I've played most of them myself. The only mm-hmm. two that I'm the only one that I haven't played is Rakata. Oh man, Hokkaido is so good. The one thing I um, heard about it, the thing where your outfits count as key cards, is a really neat idea to me. Like they're all they're a having lot of... it sewn in there. Yeah, well, so I guess we should go ahead and and get rid of uh, Marrakesh. Yeah, um, I, f- I forget how to do. So uh, we are doing a Google document here, and there's a way to do strikeouts, and I forgot what it was. And there it is. Cool. Um. And I guess we should get rid of Colorado, because, I mean, I, I like it, but, you know, this is, if there are only two of us here, and if one of us likes it and one of us doesn't, then it's probably not going to be one of the top three. Um, so. hmm. No? No? Any question? I'm trying to think of whether I find Bangkok or Colorado to be the weaker one. I mean, Bangkok is... Bangkok is the same style of level, I would say, as like Paris or Sapienza. It's just not. It's good. It's just not as good as those two. Yeah, the one, the one thing that's super in favor of Bangkok is the whole bit where you can knock out someone and make, become the drummer, basically, and then you're just basically the best drummer in the planet. 
it is a good bit, but also like I feel, I feel like Sapienza and Paris both have ridiculous roles that you can assume that are I don't know if equal, but certainly on that level. For sure. So. Paris has Helmut Kruger and Sapienza. You get to be different things like a priest and a um, duplicitous golfing instructor and all that stuff. I mean, I feel like the Helmut Kruger of the Sapienza one is the therapist. You can be one of the target's therapists and uh, go yeah, talk to him cool. about that one. That's a that's a really good one. Um yeah, so it's... do you want to get rid of Bangkok then? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. So we're down to four here, and we're as, a, as, as in every other category, we're looking for three nominees and then one winner from those three. So we're down to Colorado, Sapienza, Paris, and Hokkaido. Mm-hmm. Um, I think out get... of all of these, Sapienza definitely stays, because I think that that one... Even after playing several of the other ones, its sense of scale is fantastic. And it just has so many different little things that you can discover that are really neat, even if you're not staring at all the opportunities trackers or whatever. Yeah, I think it's Colorado or it's Paris. And for... It feels crazy to say this, but for my money, it might actually be Paris. Um, I mean, Paris is the first one. It leaves a really, really good impression and sort of shows you what the game is going to be about. But when you compare it to the other levels, it's not as... It, they haven't found their stride yet. Right, I mean, like, it is. A, these are all levels of a style, I would say. And, like, Sapienza is the same style as Paris, but better. Colorado is a different style, and Hokkaido is, like... Hokkaido is... It's it's the it's what video game last levels do well when it's like take all the lessons you've learned and combine them right like Hokkaido when you start out and you go into the planning menu it's like okay where do you want to start what outfit do you want you can't take a gun are you kidding you can't take fiber wire you can't take coins you can't take anything you just go unless and later on you unlock starting locations where you can bring stuff but it's like no you can't smuggle stuff in here are you out of your mind <laughs> it's great it's so good. Um, so you want to cut Paris? Uh, yeah, I, probably. If you want to push for Colorado, I would hear Colorado. To me, Colorado is like the Hotline Miami 1 hospital level. It, mm, it really restricted me to such a point where I found it incredibly frustrating. And though I hear the reasons why it's a good choice to put in there because it breaks the tension and it certainly does so better than that hotline Miami hospital level it uh it also has it also has four targets um and let me tell you how I killed them right I've only done I've only done one complete run through Colorado I have another that I work on now and then which is a, a like my second run that I am slowly chipping away at now and then where I'm doing a don't kill anyone but the targets, don't be spotted sniper rifle one, where I don't use any costumes either. It's very hard, but it's <laughs> slowly, slowly getting it done. Um, lots of saves coming. <laughs> yeah, um, that's all the the people who play through those levels with the sniper rifle that always impresses me because that seems super hard to do compared to everything else. 
it's really it's really interesting. You're really playing a very different game. Um, but the way I in my first playthrough of Colorado, what I did was um, so first off, I I made my way through the the place and then um, got a so one of the one of the people is a former anti terror specialist who um, is going to be tested because she's new to the to the the militia that you're infiltrating. Mm-hmm. And the way they're going to test him is that test her is that one of the uh, one of the soldiers is going to pretend to be working for Interpol and ask her to turn on the on the on the mafia or the mafia. God, what is with me in words today? The militia. <laughs> and then, like, if she says yes, then obviously she's in trouble. And if she says no, then it's like congratulations, you passed. Right. Mm-hmm. So you knock him out, steal his clothes, steal his Interpol badge. And then you're like, you're like, then you, you know, go meet her by this, like, they call it, what do they call it? They call it like a, some kind of pit, like a slurry pit or something. I guess like the implication is that it's a very viscous, thick fluid that you would not be able to swim in. Ah, tar pit. I mean, they say slurry. I don't know what that means. That slurry to me always like as a fucking guy who spent a lot of time in the Midwest, it meant when you were getting rain that was also kind of ice. I don't know, um, but anyway, it's this gr- it's this gross goop, um, and you meet her by the slurry pit, and you're like, hey, "I'm with Interpol. We know you can, you know, you can be an insider for us, or it's gonna go badly for you." And she's like, "I need some time to think." Dismisses her guards, and then you push her into the slurry pit. <laughs> so that's the first kill. Second kill. Uh, go over to where they have, like, a special ops team, like, practicing attacking a convoy. Uh, knock out and steal the outfit of one of the guys who's in this drill. Go through this drill where you attack a limo and, like, shoot, like, the dummies that are supposed to be the passengers and steal a briefcase. And then, like, when two of the targets are like, man, good job, and they walk over to, like, like to sort of, like, debrief over by the limo... The way the, the the practice starts is that they have, like, an automated battering ram that hits the limo, which is supposed to be, like, a car ramming it, and then, the, you know, then you raid it. Mm-hmm. And I activated the battering ram while they were standing by it and were both crushed. <laughs> and then the last guy is a former Mossad interrogator, and he's got a prisoner, and I overdosed the prisoner on, like, interrogation drugs, and he passed out, and the inter- and the the Mossad guy went in to inspect and then I threw a screwdriver into his head. That last one's not as impressive, I grant you. But it's with four targets and all this crazy stuff and a lot more like playing with the military, it's a lot it's it's a good one. But Paris has Helmet Kruger. Paris has, <laughs> you know, like the Sheik. Paris has you can be Tobias Reaper at the auction. Paris has some stuff. The vampire costume? And if we're being fully fair, it also has 47 Santa Claus, um, because they added all that Christmas stuff. Yeah. Hmm. You, you call, you call the shot, Jen. Does, with all that in mind, does it become Sapi Evans versus Paris? Because those are... Hmm. I feel like it'd be a good choice to have at least devil's spectrum of the the best of what Hitman can do. That's a good question. I mean, so Sapienza 
is huge. Sapienza has like the plague doctor. Which, ah, the plague doctor is so much fun. You can drive the guy crazy. You can be his therapist. You can become a private eye and meet up with one of the people. There's the stuff down in the. Well, actually, you know what? All the stuff in the underground lab, I actually didn't find that fun. Yeah, that's the thing. Most of the. I had most fun with the male target because you could do things like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna poison your meal with this expired can of tomato sauce, and then when you're puking it over the side, I'm just gonna push you in. There you go. Yeah, maybe it is Paris over Sapienza. Yeah, probably. Now that I think about Cause, it, because as as sprawling as and great as Sapienza is, it's also a little more. It's not as tight. Yeah, it's. It took me way too It took me way too long and not in the good way to even find the entrance to the underground place. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay. Okay, Colorado Paris Hokkaido? Yeah, that works. So, um I think it's Hokkaido. Hokkaido has the clothes as key cards. Hokkaido has the you don't start with any gear. Uh Hokkaido has an AI that's running the whole facility that talks to you occasionally, and you can hack the AI to make it kill one of your targets for you. Hokkaido has assassinating a target by preparing fugu, blowfish sushi, for her improperly so that she poisons herself. Hokkaido has uh, just really gorgeous outdoor areas, like this huge like medical facility on a mountain overlooking a village in the snow. It's fucking gorgeous. Hokkaido has, you can kill a target by, uh, okay, so one of the targets is getting a heart transplant, and there are a lot of fun ways you can kill him. <laughs> uh, one of the ways is by doping up the, uh, the surgeon who has a problem with his hand shaking, and you can give him too much of the drug and he fucks up the surgery. Ooh. One of them is by hijacking the AI so that it fucks up his surgery. One of them is by taking the place of the surgeon going in there, and this guy used to work for your agency, and sort of like pulling off your mask for a second, being and him being like, oh shit, it's you, and then you kill him as the surgeon. Oh, is that the guy in all the cutscenes? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think oh, okay. so. it's the cutscenes are confusing. Um, one of them that we'll get to maybe during crime of the year, perhaps is that you don't go and see him at all. You go downstairs, you get access to the transplant heart and you throw the trash and walk away. <laughs> oh man, that's great. It's so good. And then, yeah, Hokkaido, like it has to be Hokkaido. Hokkaido okay. is incredible. Yeah. I haven't played it yet, but you, you've made the case for me. I'm excited to get to that at some point. Oh, it's so good, and and like the unlockables get really good. The, the like the first unlockable location you get, it says it says on mountain path as ninja, <laughs> and you're a ninja with shuriken like in a path overlooking the the resort. Oh, it's so good. I'm oh. guessing you don't keep that costume for long if you want to live. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think there's a there's a challenge for doing the whole mission as a ninja, but. Yeah. Oh, also, there's actually a Hotline Miami reference in there. Or no, it's not Hotline Miami, it's... I don't remember what... Super Hot? Uh, something... Uh, you can... Um, there is a morgue in the basement of the resort, and the uh, one of the dead bodies there is just a full motorcycle jumpsuit with a helmet. 
and you can steal that outfit and then grab a katana and kill people and there's a there's a thing for doing that that's the kill bill thing is it does she have the helmet on during that hmm what color was the suit uh you're right it's yellow okay yeah i guess it's kill bill (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's pretty good um yeah yeah it's it's solid anyway Hokkaido is the best hitman level with runners up Colorado and Paris. All right. How exciting. Let's talk about the crime of the year, which is a. Uh, listen, I maybe patted myself on the back a little bit too much when I came <laughs> up with that name, but it's good. Yeah. Okay. So there's pirating super hot and super hot. There's destroying the heart in the Hokkaido mission in Hitman. There's bringing the house down in the Paris mission of Hitman. There's hanging one of the racists in Mafia 3. There's pranking Frank Mar- Martin Scraley into giving you $20 million. Watch Dogs 2. There's stealing, spray painting, and remote-controlled joyriding a stunt car in Watch Dogs 2. There's killing the king to take their VR stomach headset in accounting. And there's quote-unquote campaigning in Not a Hero, Me, Myself, and Buddy Lord. So, um, just to sort of set the stage, what I was envisioning this category as is sort of the best interactive illegal activity in a game. Um, or I guess it can be, it can be like scripted or cinematic, but you kind of have to feel like you've had a hand in it. Um, and I feel like the, the game should kind of make a point of how illegal what you're doing is for it to be really significant in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, I need your help with uh, bringing the house down in Hitman because as I wrote that, I realized I could take it one of two ways and I wasn't sure which I wanted. Okay, the way that I saw it was it's that thing where you plant an explosive on one of the on the rafters above the fashion show and just explode that to make it fall on everyone that is one of the ways i meant the other way of bringing the house down in paris would be to kill helmet kruger dress up as helmet kruger walk the walk walk the runway and blow everyone away wow those are both is good fashion a crime (laughs) no but murdering someone to steal their clothes is good point um, well, <laughs> and I feel like that adds an audacity to the crime that makes it crime of the year, you know? Yeah, it's like killing someone and then wearing their skin around and people going, oh, what fine skin. So, yeah. It's like... a little creepy, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I, I think that the dressing up as Helmut Kruger part is the part that um, counts for that description, essentially. Um, so tell me about, uh, well, first off, the the stunt car thing in Watch Dogs 2. Okay, so basically there's this part where, well, the mission is basically you and your, um, dead sec friends get to watch a new trailer for an upcoming movie featuring a person that looks super like Steven Seagal, and supposed to be this really, really idiotic sort of, uh, hacking movie. You guys decide uh, that you're, well, you you act like you, this is an affront to your hacking group, but you really just want to mess around with that guy <laughs> and get to drive his car. 
So you break into the movie lot, you t- you steal their script, then you steal their car. As you're driving away, it basically looks like a Knight Rider car. It starts talking to you and doing things like, uh, at one point it's, it says facial recognition doesn't work because the joke is Marcus is black and most technology is really bad at. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But the thing is, you find out later that that was just Wrench pranking you, pretending to say all those things. And then once you get the car, you retro, you basically break into it, spray paint it with all sorts of dead set logos. Make it so it can be remote controlled, and then you put on a high speed um, chase through different parts of San Francisco while cops are chasing it around, and you basically just wreck it spectacularly from a distance. And that's a pretty cool moment. And it's, it's quite the crime. Yeah, it's really show offy, and you kind of end it posting one of those anonymous style videos going. Hey, this movie sucks. Look at what we did. Maybe consult us next time. <laughs> um, so campaigning in Not a Hero, Me, Myself, and Bunny Lord, that is the DLC that released this year for Not a Hero, but I'm kind of talking about Not a Hero as a whole. Um, Not a Hero is a game where you are playing a group of murderers hired to kill people in order to elect a politician named Bunny Lord. Um, and in the DLC that released this year, Bunny Lord himself becomes playable. And there's some time travel hijinks. Um, but mainly, like... I'm trying to figure out, like... So, like, I feel like one of the best examples of, of how this might qualify as crime of the year is some of the missions um, in Bredon Park which is where you're sort of taking out gangs, right? Like, you're trying to be like, oh, no, Bunny Lord, he cleans up the streets. Watch me murder 50, like, 100 of these guys, right? And the game is very open about the fact that, like, the normal world thinks this is horrifying. Um, but also, it does still get you elected because fucking... <laughs> Listen, maybe maybe in 2016, some of, some of the election humor in that game starts to feel a little weird, but it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. And... So you're going through Bredon Park, you're killing all these all these gang members. Um and then at the end like uh, of a couple of the missions, like police helicopters will show up and policemen rappel down. And one thing that really sticks with me, like they have a lot of different bar- barks, you know, like you you are under arrest and blah blah blah. But there is one moment where I was playing the DLC, I was playing as Bunny Lord. I just cleared out like an apartment complex full of 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 you know and i was throwing grenades and shooting automatic weapons and just murdering the fuck out of these people and i come out the other side onto a balcony and this helicopter this helicopter drops a swap member in front of me and the swap matter runs forward and yells you have broken several laws and i'm like (laughs) okay and then i killed him of course and kept going but like boy that's a crime huh (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a pretty strong crime. That's a strong crime. Tell me about killing the king to take their VR stomach headset, I guess? Okay, so Accounting is a really weird game. It's a virtual reality game. The first thing that you do within it, basically, is you're in this accounting room. You put on another VR headset within the world. 
you go into this... Well, there's a several sequence of events which eventually lead you into this chamber with uh, with this kind of bubbly stuffed uh, king that uh, is really excited someone's nearby so he can start a whole D&D campaign with you. He has a... He has a that little dotted line sort of thing running down his stomach. Um, in previous parts of this game, there were these two people that have been talking to you throughout, or more accurately, yelling at you. And they haven't really contacted you yet. So you're kind of just stuck in this room with nothing else except a knife nearby. And it just won't end. He just won't stop talking. So what you have to do is you have to take the knife, stab the king, run the knife through until his stomach's completely open, then a VR headset falls out, and you put it on to take it to the, you put it on to go to the next part as that guy dies. But what's significant about this is what comes after, because at some point when you're getting out of various versions of VR, which you do through killing yourself in silly ways, you come back to the one, well, the, ver- the you who was next to the king, and now you're being um, charged with murder and then court, basically. And that scene basically ends with you physically, because the vibe can sense where your head is, sticking your head into a guillotine and watching as it comes down and chops you out of that VR reality. Is that crime of the year or genuinely awful? Hmm. It the way it's handled is pretty funny. Like the the writing for mm. all of it. Like you're being represented by a tiny lawyer, and then the way you end that scene is basically um flicking the tiny lawyer somewhere, and that makes the court even angrier, and then out comes the guillotine. Hmm. Okay, we'll hold on to it for now. Um, with hanging one of the racists in Mafia, which there are some, there are some parentheses in there for, to indicate some things. Um, specifically, I was referring to the leader of the Dixie Mafia. At the end of his mission in an amusement park, you put a rope around his neck and then tie it to a Ferris wheel and start the Ferris wheel. Um, and like, there are a bunch of, of that type of, of gratuitous, exaggerated murders in that game, but that's sort of the first one that lets you know where the game is going, I feel like. Yeah. Um, like, after that, like, I mean, certain, certainly there are some that are arguably more horrible, but none of them really surprise you after that first one where it's like, oh, oh, jeez. Yeah, just full-on grindhouse, um, kill all the bad people sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about destroying the heart in Hitman. Um, how about we talk about pranking fake Martin Shkreli. Okay, so this is looking at all the rest of these, I guess this is the most upbeat one. <laughs> uh, basically, if you follow the news at all, you probably know who Martin Shkreli is. Uh, he's basically this person who hiked up a pretty significant drug that people rely on to unreachable levels. And uh, he's also at at certain points talked about how he bought a unreleased Wu-Tang Clan album so he could just own it and never release it. 
This basically recreates that somewhat. You hear about the deal going down. Then you drive up to the fake rapper that they he wants to make the deal with. You basically use your phone to record a bit of him. Then you drive to um, Screlly's house. You hack into their CCTV system in their house. And then you use your phone to make a fake um, soundboard, essentially. <laughs> and you trick him into forwarding um, $20 million into a Leukemia Foundation account that he can't trace or anything like that. And basically the way that it happens is once he forwards the, once he forwards the money, you start getting a bit more obvious with the soundboard. Like you start repeating things a few times. And then you hack something else nearby, and he's like, all of a sudden it dawns him, like he was he was talking to a basically computer voice the entire time, and he just loses it. And I feel like that's a pretty good crime because it takes down someone that isn't particularly great, but it also doesn't really maim them in any way. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things where it's like. Yeah, we're doing this for a good cause, but also you're a terrible person, so goodbye, twenty million dollars. <laughs> I think we'll put that one on the short list because, like, I don't know if it'll it'll win the whole thing, but I, I certainly like the idea of putting a more subdued. I'm not gonna like a, a a more upbeat crime on this list, a crime that isn't honestly all that awful, yeah. um, and also not. All that awful, I guess, is complicated, um, is pirating super hot in super hot. In the game super hot, you are in a fake OS, and to play the game super hot within super hot, you have to pirate super hot. Um, and you get, you know, sick torrents from your friends. Um, and like, it's not too involved. Do you have some conversations with them? They're like, oh shit, sorry, that one was, was, was like, had some crashes here this is the latest version it's it's cracked um and it's more just the the whole vibe of that thing that i thought was really i don't know we can probably cut it from this list i thought it was it was a strong moment within that game realizing it's like oh like not even like there's the first moment where you pirate the game and there's the moment where it crashes because it's not a good build and you (laughs) have to pirate another one and it's like okay this yeah. is all right. Yeah, the only thing that I would say to kind of disqualify it from crime of the year is you're not the one directly committing the crime. You're kind of just getting this hand-me-down illegal software that someone's passing you, so... That's not really how that stuff works. I, I know it's really still how pirating. Laws work. I'm just saying there's a little bit less involvement to it than okay, actually... Okay, okay. It, it doesn't feel so much like a crime of the year. Yeah, essentially. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, okay, I'm gonna say we should uh, we should probably get rid of the Mafia Three one. You think? Yeah, it's all those moments feel entertaining in a pulpy sort of grindhouse thing, but uh, they seemed a bit less creative than some of these other ones. Yeah, for sure. Hmm. The whole uh, killing the king thing seemed to kind of gross you out a bit, even though well, I mean, you yeah, know, it, it it's hard it, to it's hard to kind of communicate that stuff anyway because the cartoon the art style is incredibly cartoonish. 
But, uh, yeah. I just like D&D a lot, and I don't know why you'd hurt a man who's trying to help you play D&D. Well, the thing is, he's just talking about playing D&D, and he's never actually setting you up with it. I just don't feel like that's sufficient motivation for me to murder someone. But well, you're being tra- you're trapped there essentially. That's the point of it. But yeah. Oh no, yeah. you're trapped with a guy who likes D and D. Don't ever be my roommate. <laughs> uh, I don't want you getting my VR headset in my stomach. That does not sound fun. Yeah. That is not the crime of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm fine cutting that, even though we seem to have some fun misunderstandings regarding that. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think it's the two Hitman moments and the Martin Shkreli one. Hmm. Because, like, I mean, the Not a Hero, like, Not a Hero has lots of great crime in it, but, mm-hmm. like, I feel like having it be one one moment, one crime is kind of hard. Yeah, because that game's basically a collection of procedurally generated levels, or at least... It's the Ollie Ollie model, their previous game of uh Yeah, I mean it's it's high it's sort of high score runny. I mean like there's procedural randomization, but it's all um it's all aesthetic. It doesn't change the the level the way the level plays at all. The level is always set. Okay, I'm fine cutting that one. Yeah. Um I feel kinda bad about it. I wish it had a better a better example, but but it doesn't. Yeah. Um I don't know. So I think I think the destroying the heart is a shoe in for me, and I think I think the the pranking one is, is pretty much um, between bringing the house down and the stunt car one from Watch Dogs. Which do you like? I will say regarding um, the Watch Dogs thing, one thing I failed to mention about the whole retrofitting it is it's done through this amazing sort of tongue-in-cheek 80s-style montage where they're, where most of them are wearing these overalls and they keep screwing up various parts of it. One, at one point, they almost accidentally run each other over with the remote car. And, uh... I get... The other neat thing is that they continue to quote really bad, uh... fake 80s action movie quotes with each other. And that's kind of fun, but, uh... Hmm. Well, okay, actually, the other thing we should determine is which bringing the house down we're talking about. Because we did offer two possibilities. Yeah. I I was leaning more towards the dressing up as Helmet Kruger and... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. Cause I it, feel like the, the other the... one just feels kind of pointless. Yeah. And I feel like the dressing up as Helmet Kruger one also plays better against the stunt car one. Because both of them feel like kind of the same sort of stylistic sort of... Hey, we're going to do this crime thing and have fun with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I think I'd probably put the Helmet Kruger one above the car one, now that I think about okay. it. Okay. I haven't played Watch Dogs 2, so I will trust your judgment. I do think I thought bringing the house down was pretty good. Yeah. So we're down to, as, as our three nominees, uh, Destroying the Heart in Hitman, Hokkaido, uh, Bringing the House Down in Hitman, Paris, uh, pranking fake Martin Shkreli into giving you $20 million in Watch Dogs 2. Who is our winner? Hmm. I mean, you throw that heart right in the trash. You yeah, bounce it off the wall into the trash. Yeah, that, that's the thing. The um, 
I feel like both of these are sort of moments that we are pretty attached to ourselves, but we haven't seen. So, um, I've I've seen the uh, Martin Shkreli one actually. I've seen a video. Oh, okay. Um, mm. but not having played it, and also being sort of knowing going into that one what it was going to be. Yeah, you know, like. The Destroying the Heart one, like, there's an elaborate series of events to getting to the heart and getting access to it. And it's like, I walk up to it, and it, there's just a triangle po- prompt pops up that says, destroy heart. And I hold triangle, and he just, like, rebounds it off the wall into the trash can. And then, you know, the way Hitman does, the, like, assassin- assassination mission successful music comes up just like, blah, and it's like, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> this nice. is something. Uh, do you get to watch? I mean, can you go back later and watch them search for and go? Oh wait, no. Or I don't. I don't know. I just. I just walked out and stole a snowmobile <laughs> and left. Oh, um, that's pretty awesome. Um, it was pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like the heart stuff. What you describe about bouncing it and stuff like that sounds like the things that I really love about the new Hitman, which is just taking a weapon and it it sounds along the same lines of taking a weapon throwing it overhead and just overhead and just pelting someone with that so that oh, and actually i guess i should add a, a thing that adds it to the the ridiculousness of the crime which is the way you get access to it is that one of the doctors had an experimental procedure where he had a chip implanted in him that controls his emotions and you steal the remote to get him to kind of like to go on like like basically like an, uh, an all natural acid trip because you're fucking <laughs> with the chemical levels in his brain so that he opens up the the access to the heart. That's how you get access to that thing. Oh man! Now that you mention that, I kind of want to. That's reminding me of my favorite Mafia three three scene where you dress up as a waiter. Um, mm, yeah, sp- actually, that's a the- way better crime. Let's add that one back in. Yeah. Uh, uh, dr- like, drugging the country club, you think, is yeah. the phrasing? Yeah. So, basically, you dress up as the waiter. You are you're given all these bottles of wine that you've spiked. Or maybe you spike them and no one's looking. I think it's the latter. And then mm-hmm. you go around and pass them, pass them out all over the place. And then, in the time between you getting back and... Getting back for refills, basically, and going back out there. Everyone just having a crazy, tripped-out party that looks like one of those... It's reminiscent of those comedy movies where someone spikes the punch and things like that. Except Mm -hmm. to a much more alarming degree. (laughs) I think we should probably cut bringing down the house in favor of that. Yeah, probably. Um... Okay, so with this new three, destroying the heart, drugging the country club, and pranking, what do you think? Hmm. Because I'd forgotten about the I'd, I'd forgotten about the country club, but not like like I hadn't forgotten forgotten. It just didn't occur to me because that was a very strong moment. But yeah. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. When I think about the the two things. There's so many different ways to destroy the heart. That... That's, yeah, yeah. That's I... that probably takes it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. I'm was... glad we thought of the Mafia Three moment so we could. Yeah, it's I'm glad we could give some some credit to that game because it did have some pretty amazing moments in it. 
Yeah. Okay, so our crime of the year is destroying the heart in Hitman Hokkaido, runners-up, drugging the country club in Mafia 3, and pranking fake, fake Martin Shkreli into giving you $20 million in Watch Dogs 2. Sorry if I came off as a bit deranged in that section. <laughs> I just why I just have a dark sense of humor sometimes. Ah, you're good. You're good. I, you know, I didn't play accounting. Hmm. Um, let's talk about the most hungry game of 2016. All right. What are our nominees here? Okay, so we have Overcooked, Final Fantasy 15, Odin Spear, Life. Odin Spear Life Trouser? Maybe? I don't know how that's pronounced. I, I, I would say Life Thrysir, I would I would guess, but I'm not sure. That sounds close We'll just enough. say Odin Spear for now. Yeah, Odin Spear. Okay. Ace Attorney, uh, Spirit of Justice, Pokemon Sun and Moon, and Don't Starve Shipwrecked. So for most hungry game, I think we're looking for a game that has has a passion for food and then shows food in an appealing light like the the game seems hungry and then it makes you kind of hungry right mm-hmm. um and from that note i want to say off the bat that i think probably pokemon sun and moon get cut because certainly there is a major character who never shuts up about malasadas in that game but you never see a Malasada. You never see any artwork or model for one. And it kind of feels like just another footnote. Yeah, it's... It's it's basically one of those problems that Pokemon's always kind of had with their games where most of the items that you use are just names and don't really have anything attached to them. And they've kind of gotten mm-hmm. away from that a little bit in the in the later ones, but it still seems silly to me that a item that premieres in this specific version when you have the budget for cutscenes and all that sort of stuff doesn't get its own at least 2D portrait. Yeah. It seems a little silly. Um I think I think we should go ahead and uh and star uh Odin Sphere. Cuz yeah. va- Vanillaware does amazing food always. It's phenomenal. Yeah, that's the one thing that I saw about Dragon's Crown that was like, wow, yeah, this they put a lot of effort into this food and it all looks great. It was a thing that pushed um, Muramasa the Demon Blade from being a game that I was like, this is fine, to being like, I, I really like this game. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, like let me take, t- take my time out of being like a possessed handmaiden to go have some ramen. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like Overcooked is kind of misleading in that for being a game about cooks and cooking, it actually doesn't seem that interested in food. Yeah, it's it's more about the process of creating it, and once it's done, you just shove it out there. There's there's no real there's no real idea about the quality of it other than did you get it right or did you get it wrong? I mean, like. You know, I feel like I feel like the fact that it is cooking adds a little bit of charm, but effectively you could swap it out for almost any menial task that requires multiple people and multiple steps. Yeah. And the game wouldn't change that much. So I think, yeah. Or oh, I gave it a star instead of crossing it. I meant to cross <laughs> it out. I did the opposite of what I wanted. We're very professional over here at Scanline Media. Um Final Fantasy fifteen definitely makes it right, because yeah, that food yeah, is modeled so 
that food is just modeled so, so well. So the last two are Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice and Don't Starve Shipwrecked. I believe I am the only one, well, only one, I am the one who played both of those and you did not, right? Yeah, I played a bit of Don't Starve Together, so I've seen the Crock-Pot, but, uh... Um, so first off, um, well, we'll get to that question. Um, so Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice, let me explain that one, which is that, um, there is, there are some mentions of food throughout, um, usually not that big a deal, but there is one case that is focused around soba noodles and soba restaurants. Um, I think it is the second to last case in the game. Um, like, spoilers for the least interesting case in Ace Attorney Spirit of Justice. <laughs> um, soba noodles, like, soba noodle dough is the murder weapon. Uh, like, there is a character who is, who is your, like, the defendant who is constantly serving everyone soba. Um, there's a bunch of talk about, like, soba versus udon versus ramen. Um, it's very interested in food in that case, but I don't think it actually ends up being that compelling. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't Starve Shipwrecked. First, we have to establish something. Don't Starve has not been in any of our gimmick wards before. Am I nominating the full game or just what was added in Shipwrecked? Well, if we were nominating the full game, then I don't think it would qualify since it came out several years ago. But we always, we have, we have, for a long time, we've allowed games that are significantly added to, significantly updated and haven't already been in awards. And that would disqualify it from Game of the Year, because I put it on one of my Game of the Year lists one year, Mm -hmm. but not for gimmick awards. Um, But it is entirely your call. I'm cool keeping it on there then. Um, The full game or just Shipwrecked? Um, both, whatever, um, you okay. think it works best. Let me read some items you can make in the crock pot. Butter muffin. Ceviche. Fish tacos. Guacamole. Jelly beans. Lobster bisque. Mandrake soup. Monster tartare. Mussel bouillabaisse. Pierogies. Ratatouille, seafood gu- seafood gumbo, sweet potato souffle, <laughs> trail mix, waffles. The crock pot is amazing, and there's even more stuff you can do than the crock pot. I just decided to focus on the crock pot. You can also do like jerky. You can just sort of roast stuff over the fire. The cooking game and Don't Starve is really strong. Wow, I I think that's the first time I've ever heard of trail mix being made in a crock pot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a thing. You need nuts and berries and fruits, basically. But, um, yeah, the Crock-Pot is just sort of the the game's go-to for making a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You can do stuffed eggplant, you can do surf and turf, you can do pumpkin cookies. Uh, It's, I think it's a strong contender, and I think it beats out Ace Attorney. Okay, yeah, um... Just one more late edition sort of thing, possibly. Oh, sure. Um, I feel like Hitman does a lot of fun things with food, like uh, or sabotaging food, more or less. Like, you can just hmm. go in That's and a... mess things up, more or less. And that can be lethal or 
something that makes them run to the bathroom puking. I considered Hitman, and I ended up not putting it on here because I felt like the game wasn't hungry. Like, food is there, food is used, but it all feels kind of sterile and workmanlike. Ah. If you disagree, then that's, you know... No, that makes sense to me. Okay. Um, But it it is noted, and hey, like... Hey, season two? If you can be a, a chef in a hibachi grill? Maybe it'll have a place next year. <laughs> I'm just saying, that would be amazing. Imagine flicking poisoned food off your spatula into a victim's mouth. After making a little, like, you know, volcano and stuff. Yeah, oh, I feel like so that good. would... I feel like that would bring suspicion to you almost immediately, but sure. <laughs> well, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, true. Um, so with our f- our three nominees, our three our three finalists, maybe I should say, are uh, Final Fantasy fifteen, Odin Sphere, Leaf Thrysir. Again, we're probably butchering that. We're sorry. Um, we're not Norse. And Don't Starve Shipwrecked. Um, I feel like Odin Sphere just kind of has to take this, doesn't it? Hmm. It's. I haven't played o- Odin's Spear, but uh, I will it say is, it, is, fun- it is on the same level as the other Vanillaware games. Okay. I will say about Final Fantasy XV, it's pretty cool to have a character that's just super obsessed with cooking and is always trying to perfect it. And also, with the power of next generation visuals, uh, that food looks absolutely incredible and lifelike in a way that's makes me hungry whenever i see it hmm you make a good point and also like there's sort of a, there's an ever presence to the food in ff15 like odin sphere you take a time out at certain points and go eat some food for like experience and stuff right mm-hmm. but like final fantasy 15 you cook whenever you rest and even when you're not cooking you're just out doing stuff and ignis is like mm, that gives me an idea for a recipe yeah there's sort of there's an ever presence to it um but seeing as this is most hungry game, there's also a really good argument for Don't Starve, which is a game where you're always hungry. Hmm. A game about being hungry. Yeah, that's... I guess all three of these are pretty good choices. <laughs> yeah, god. This is this is trickier than I thought, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I guess if we're going through specifically, literally being most hungry, Don't Starve has to take it. I mean, I feel like we can take it any way we want to, um, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't object to honoring "Don't Starve" here. Um, but also, I mean, I don't. I guess. I guess what I would say is, I. I might actually, despite what I just said, um, I, I might say Odin Sphere can't win this because it's a remake, which is okay. But it's a remake is a little bit of a knock, and also, it they do amazing, beautiful, appetizing food that makes me hungry. In the same way that they do in all their other games. I don't feel like the execution is is that different from what they've done other places. Yeah, and with something like Final Fantasy XV, this is the first time I've ever even thought about food in that game. Aside from that one scene of Titus in Final Fantasy X scarfing something down that uh, Riku kicks in your face or whatever. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, th- hmm. 
Gosh, this is a really tough call. Okay, I'm going to do the slightly unfair thing. Um, as a Don't Starve fan, how uh, how good in your estimation is Shipwrecked? Um, Shipwrecked is solid. I mean, if you're asking, like, how is it as a game or as an addition to that game, um, it's fine. Okay. Well, I guess... I guess that doesn't really narrow it down super well either because Final Fantasy XV seems to be a super flawed game that seems to have some neat things, but it's one of those things where we're still waiting for it to actually have the patch where the story makes sense, so that shouldn't even be in... that probably shouldn't even be a criteria for this category. Yeah. Hmm. You make soup out of a mandrake. You make lasagna... Out of, like, just, like, these, like, like, hounds made out of darkness. Oh, yeah. That's you make a... shark fin soup. I, that, that does remind me of a specific thing in Don't Starve that's kind of neat that I did discover through the less stellar Don't Starve Together. Which is how you can do this thing where you can just create food that's out of normal stuff. You can create food that's entirely out of dark matter, which will make you sick. Or you can do this thing where you create normal food tempered with a bit of the darkness. And that can create something palatable. And that's kind of a neat idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, tr- trying, to, trying to combine monster meat with normal food to make something that is positive is is kind of fun and sort of like the alchemy because it's like you put certain ingredients in you'll get certain ingredients out and there are formulas um and if you look at the tables then you're a boring person don't do that just put stuff in <laughs> even though it may screw you and and figure out what comes out make okay there is a recipe let me find it oh boy okay <laughs> the ingredients of this is Quote, any invalid recipe. You combine anything that isn't a proper recipe, and you get wet goop. It's just a pile of garbage that you eat it and nothing happens. Wow. It's great. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Um, also coffee. It... You can make coffee. Okay, given all the alchemical stuff behind it, I'd probably... Favorite Don't Starve over Final Fantasy. All right, but hey, Final Fantasy fifteen. You uh, you had some maybe some DLC or maybe some free patches with more with more food stuff. You know, you can't qualify for Most Hungry Game again, but you know we'll give you a shout out. I'm really excited to see whether that whole Chocobo Land expansion coming has uh any fairground food or something like that, or any like fried Chocobo sticks. <laughs> Um, alright, well, our winner for Most Hungry Game is Don't Starve Shipwrecked with Runners Up Odin Sphere on PS4 <laughs> <laughs> and Final Fantasy XV. Now, our next category is Most Thirsty Game. It's not about drinks. Alright, so we've got Overwatch, Lady Killer in a Bind, uh, Crush Crush. Valhalla, Fire Emblem Fates, 
Cute Demon Crashers, Final Fantasy XV, and Galgun 2 Double Piece. So, folks, let's talk about the word thirst and the concept of thirst. Ooh, right? It's going to be fun. Because I feel like thirst is a concept that is, like, at first you're just like, okay, so thirsty means horny, right? Kind of. The thing about thirsty as a concept is that it was invented by our generation to kind of de-shame sexuality, right? Mm-hmm. Thirsty is not a negative word. Someone can be too thirsty, believe me. Mm-hmm. But... Thirsty is sort of a, a way to talk about sexuality without all the words that are already for sexuality that culture has decided are sort of like negative words or dirty words. And it's like, no, everyone has, or, you know, everyone has sexuality or a very noticeable absence thereof. And it's like, stop fucking shaming people about it. But thirsty is a positive thing. Thirsty is not creepy. And thirsty is not gross. And that is why Final Fantasy XV and Galgun 2 Double Piece are both instantly cut from this category, because both of those games use sexuality in a way that is creepy and sort of, like, at times non-consensual, and both of these are completely against the spirit of, of Thirst. It's a celebration of games that use sexuality in a way that is interesting and engaging and, above all, fun for everyone. Don't be fucking gross. Get the fuck out of here with that. Amen to that. So, let's talk about the most thirsty game. Alright. Hmm. Well, I will bring up Overwatch because, aside from some in-world comics that they have, it they don't do much... Well, I guess that's not entirely true. They pretty heavily sexualize... Uh, widow maker and all that Um, i mean i feel like they pay a lot of attention to a lot of characters butts the modelers i mean like don't don't even try and pretend this is just a fandom the modelers had some fun times creating the butts of characters (laughs) like tracer and genji they had they were they were enjoying themselves and that's fine we should enjoy our work but don't tell me that and then of course as you say there's also Widowmaker who has some blatantly sexualized skins. She has the winter, winter like, highlight clip where she, like, throws aside some, some fucking uh, mistletoe and then, like, steps on you, and, like, it's... That's definitely a thing. <laughs> There's no way they're not trying to make that kinky. Yeah. Uh, Mercy has her witch skin, which shows a lot of skin. Um, There's... Th- there's some stuff in this game, Jen. Yeah? Uh, okay, we'll, we'll keep that for now. <laughs> and also, I mean, a part of thirst is not, like, thirst isn't also part of thirst not just being sex, means thirst doesn't have to be openly sexual content, it can just be, like, really obvious sexual tension, right? Mm-hmm. And my example of that would be Fire Emblem Fates. You don't see any boobs or anything in that game, right? Like, there's no, like, I mean, there are some characters who maybe could wear more clothes than they are. Um, given the situations that they're in. But for the most part, it's not like a super sexualized game. But man, those characters are thirsty. <laughs> like, uh, you can get a relationship with anyone. There's a bunch of like interactions where like, s- like 
okay, once you get to, I forget, I forget the terminology, right? But basically once you're in like a committed relationship with someone like an S rank or whatever, um, like they'll like come in from a bath, like overheated and you blow on the microphone to blow on them to cool them off. What? Uh, those characters always have, you're just blowing on their face. It's not like you're blowing on their, but you know, like, but yeah, um, there's a bunch of like, you know, like poking people's faces or like stroking their heads, uh, characters who are, who you've got to the point where they're into you kind of permanently have that, like, all right, time to innovate a phrase, right? You know, that sort of like when characters have that, like that perma blush in anime when they're near someone they like and are kind of attracted to mm-hmm. that's thirst shade. Right there, that's thirst shade, and they got perma thirst shade. Like, I, I like that. Those games are th- that game's thirsty. Those games, I guess it is two games, but like, man, Fire Emblem's thirsty. Didn't used to be thirsty. It, it kind of awakening opened the door, and then Fates was like, hell yeah, and more power to them. But that game's thirsty. Yeah. Okay. Um. So correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Crush Crush is this uh. Is a mobile clicker, correct? Uh, it is actually a Steam clicker. I don't believe they're on mobile yet, but um, yes, it is a clicker where you date ladies. Um, I think actually it's we could probably cut it right now. Um, everything that happens in that game is consensual, and some of the ladies are very thirsty. Um, mostly, like I like progression-based clickers. And I was just like, okay, this is this is a, a a clicker with progression in it that I don't have to pay for. I don't really care what it's about. But some of the writing was surprisingly on point. Um, there is a character who gives you a lot of shit for being a creep for dating all these other girls. There's a character, like, one of the characters, you unlock them over time as you date them. And one of the late ones is a secretary that you hire to organize your dates with all your girls. And then you can date her, too. Um... <laughs> It goes for it in a way that I have to kind of admire. Um, but then it also goes for it in ways that are kind of stupid. There's some, like, some monks near the end of that game, and I, and it doesn't, it doesn't make it. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna be having a few conversations after this podcast to just be like, okay, what was the deal with this? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like, I feel like most of these nominations are mine. Um, (laughs) well, it's, do we want to get the ones that are just straight up porn games out of the way, or <laughs> or erotica? Sure. Okay. Sure. Sure. So, um, you should talk. Tell us about Lady Killer in a Bind, Jen. Okay. So, Lady Killer in a Bind. The gist is that you're pretending to be your really terrible brother, your identical brother, in a um, on a cruise ship, and basically you as a you basically have to keep the secret that both you're not him and you're also a girl. And um, there are lots of situations where you basically end up... Well, at the end of each day, there are two people that... There are one of two people that you can choose to sleep with, but there are also people that you can pursue on your own through basically gaming the dialogue options and stuff like that. And... uh yeah, it's it's the first game that I've played that was incredibly, incredibly pornographic. That also happened to be something that I would probably 
that I would be happy talking about because the writing in it is very well done and aside from one really regrettable thing near the end most of it seems to be in pretty well handled surprisingly so yeah. that thing near the end is pretty regrettable though yeah um i don't know we'll we'll maybe we'll we'll see how the category shaping down to see how much we have to talk about that um i think probably we can have valhalla go um there's some there's some like relationship tension but and, and interest between characters but most of the thirst is is dedicated to a character named Dorothy who is going to get some screen time in the next part of these awards uh because she's fucking amazing um but she's mostly the only one who's really thirsty in that game right yeah it's well not exactly there's also there's a lot of discussion about characters um characters of bus sizes basically there's uh that blonde haired girl that you hang out with a lot who's always talking about the dates that she's going on or the boyfriend she's dumped um there's donovan who's a total creepo that you have to well see i feel like like donovan doesn't qualify under thirst because he's a creep mm-hmm. and alma doesn't qualify under thirst mostly i feel like there are points where she's a little maybe a little flirty debatably um, but mostly she's just kind of talking matter-of-factly about, like, things she's been through and also her body. Like, she, there's no point where she's like, man, I've got some pretty great breasts, don't I? She's just like, eh, you know, they're all right. They're pretty big, whatever. Um, I don't feel like there's the the focus that there is in Thirst. Yeah. That makes sense. We can cut it. Uh, and I also simultaneously put it on here when I misunderstood the point of the category. I was like, oh, yeah bartending game thirsty that that makes sense yeah yeah i i I set up this great joke and i was like jen isn't this a great joke and you're like haha yeah because you didn't actually know what the joke was Uh, and then you looked at the other things in the list and you're like oh that's the joke yeah Uh, um, so uh can you explain to me what cute demon crashers is i've i can okay so cute demon crashers is a game that is currently available for free on itch.io um it was the result of a visual novel jam, and the basically the premise, the goal they, that the creators set out with was to create a, um, a, a erotic visual novel for women with the point of it being that it was like as gentle and consensual and friendly and enjoyable as funny, a really non-stressful sex game. Um, and so the premise of the game is that you are playing as a uh, a college student. You are in your dorm on break. You did not go home for the break. Everyone else is gone. You are bored out of your mind, and you accidentally sort of wish into your apartment a bunch of demons, succubus and incubi, who are extremely friendly and, like, cook you meals and like help clean the place up and teach you how to garden and if you're interested they will have sex with you the game is very very thirsty Hmm. but all of it is opt-in you can play the entire game and opt out of any of that if you want to it always and like also like multiple times throughout the scenes they're like do you want to keep going do you want to stop we could just cuddle whatever you want it actually might win yeah, when you mention it, it kind of sounds like the perfect version of what you described as thirst. Like this thing that's very 
hey, this doesn't have to be some sort of weird seedy thing. It's just this positive thing amongst two consent- consenting adults that really, they really, it's a very loving affair, even if it doesn't lead to a full-time, full-term relationship afterward. Though it can. The endings are open-ended. You can totally be like, hey, that was just a one-time thing. Or you can be like, hey, let's, you know, you want to come back sometime? And they're like, totally, that was great. So, cool. you know. Um, and also there are a, a variety of options as far as, as far as you know, as I say, incubi and succubi. And it is, yeah, they do a, they do a very good job. Okay. In that case, we might need to cut Lady Killer in a bind just because that last bit is just so... The most of the rest of the game is about consent and things like that and the relationships, even though you're, even though the characters are all sort of trying to trick one another, essentially, to get a head start. They, all the actual sexual relationships tend to be pretty good, except for the, the optional thing near the end, which happens to be really regrettable in multiple ways. I yeah, I totally agree. I think the it, the day six, uh, scenes are really like drag that game down in a really astonishing way because they just are completely against what the game has basically said the entire time, and are definitely against the spirit of this category. And it's like yeah. I like that game, and I would like to honor it. And I, I guess I sort of like part of it, part of me was just thinking like, oh, of course, this is the category where we honor Lady Killer in a bind. But that was before I thought of some of the other nominees. And I guess actually we can't. Yeah. And it's one of the situations where it's not even just the situations that are regrettable. Even the language and that stuff changes to the point where the way that they describe some of the bodies is just so off-putting in a way that feels like, wow, you're really... Within, while you're doing this with someone else, thinking and talking about them this way is just really icky. Yeah, it's, uh, we can, we could, ar- maybe we'll end up arguing its effectiveness somewhere else or something. I don't, I don't know, but there isn't really any debate that it is, it is not, it is not in the spirit of thirst that, that they, they kind of screw that one up. Okay. So I guess the spirit that we've kind of nailed on is that it can be both, it's both sensual and in a way wholesome. Like yeah, it, yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, our, our final three are Overwatch, Fire Emblem, Fates, and Cute Demon Crashers. And it, yeah, it basically has to be Cute Demon Crashers, right? Yeah, I would say that Overwatch, if we're talking about wholesome, is probably the most wholesome thing I've ever played. But uh, the way that you describe the actual act within... Cute demon crashers makes it sound like it's it's a it's basically acts on what Overwatch is alluding to in a way that's like yeah this is basically the best possible of worlds for a situation like this yeah okay so our most thirsty game is cute demon crashers with runners up Overwatch and Fire Emblem Fates so congratulations to all of our winners for for part two. Um, that is all the categories we have for you today. That was a, a really good palate cleanser after, well, we're not going to talk too much about when we're recording this because we're going to maintain the mystery, but uh, political events have not been fun, and it's nice to take some time away and just, you know, have a good talk. Yeah, I, it was fun to kind of just be like, 
yeah, here's some things that we'd like to talk about, but the normal structure of a Game of the Year stuff usually doesn't even take these things into account. Yeah, and be be a little more goofy with it, so. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and uh, hopefully we won't have to come up with more categories in another filler episode <laughs> before we get to actually record part three, which I'm I'm pretty excited for. So, thanks, guys. We will see you next time. Later. <laughs>